Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, then Jesus said unto them, uh, put in the King James for me, King James, King James. Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. Say with him, not that bread. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. So he says, my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. The same John said that those who are of the earth are earthy. Those who are of the heavens are heavenly. Then we go to verse 33. It says, for the bread of God is He which comes down from heaven. So if he comes down from heaven. So just don't use all the flour now. Huh? I'm going to use some flour as, as an example. Okay. So if they come down from heaven. So he says the bread of God, say bread of God, comes down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. They didn't understand what he was talking about. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. Are you guys with me? I have a problem because let's go to John 1 verse 1. So taking this verse into context, let's put it in John 1 verse 1. And we know John was 1 verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. And we see that, carry on reading, just flow with me with the Scriptures, please. Thank you. Uh, John 1 verse 2 says, uh, The same was in the beginning with God. Don't be slow on the Scriptures. In the beginning was, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. So with you, all things. So that means the left hand and the right hand of God. I haven't even begun, I don't have time to even get into the potter's house. So with you, the potter's house. The moment the potter puts the clay on the wheel, the Bible says that the clay is marred or the potter mars the clay. He breaks it. But he has a left hand and a right hand balancing that pot of clay. Because people like to preach on the right hand, but they forget the left hand of God. Under the old covenant, Satan was the left hand, was in the left hand of God. And when the left hand of God was spread against Egypt or so, then the angel of death would be released or opposition would come in Job's life. And we see how Satan was released to him. But under the new covenant, the Bible says his left hand is empty. Jesus became the right hand of power and Satan is under our feet is the position of the new covenant but God has a left hand and a right hand and he will balance your life because everything requires a balance so when Jesus went into the wilderness it was the left hand of God bringing balance to him and when he came out of the wilderness he came out under the right hand of power I don't know if you are with me. So in the potter's house, you see the potter being marred, which means that he takes a piece of clay or he has built something, but he breaks it down. He throws it onto, onto which means you were a vessel, then he breaks you down again. And then he begins to mold you until he begins to spin you, until he makes you a vessel again. But it takes this hand and it takes that hand. And we know the new covenant is the switching of the hands. Are you guys with me? But never underestimate the working of God's left hand in your life. So what am I speaking right now? Say with you the callings of God. 
the process. There is a calling. Many people don't enter into success of ministry because they don't go through the callings or the, or the uh, process of the callings of God on their lives. We speak about seeking a gift, receiving a gift, having a gift, moving in a gift, practicing a gift, and then becoming a gift. Very few become a gift where they go. David says, I am a wonder and a sign. So many people are praying for a wonder and a sign and God is saying, I want to create you as a sign and a wonder. That where you walk, you are a wonder. Where you talk, you are a sign. We are looking for signs and wonders, but you are the finger of God. Because Jesus says, where I cast out devils by the finger of God, you will know that the kingdom of God has come upon you. So where devils is not cast out, the kingdom is absent. So the church operates without the kingdom power. The government of heaven is no longer in the church. Because devils are not being casted out. We have transgenders everywhere in the church. I know, Grace, I know we love them. We love you. But you need to get delivered. Like we all have to get delivered. You have no special, uh, we're not in Cape Town, so I can't get into trouble with this one, you know. I don't care about live stream. I live here. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand that. Uh, but, but, but uh, you see, David is like, he's so scared and fears this man that he's not, he doesn't want to talk about these things. But many churches do. They don't want to talk about it. There are people that are on homosexuality. Is, homosexual, is, is, a, is a homosexual evil? No. Is the sin evil? Yes. Is drunkenness evil? Yes. Sin is sin. So let's not make this thing uh, let's, not, let's not confuse this thing and take things personally and say, oh, you know, he's coming at me. No, 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 no. There are callings and there are things. So where the kingdom is missing, people can't get delivered. Where the kingdom is missing, light cannot replace darkness. The moment the kingdom of God comes into a region, darkness is dispelled and light comes in. When the Israelites were given the promised land, they were given instruction to kill every enemy. Are you guys with me? And remove every enemy. The problem is we entered into our Christian life and we don't understand the promised land is here right now. It is not your business. It is not somewhere where you're going. The garden you've been given is this. The body is this. The house of God is this. Meaning God permanently made His abode in you. Permanently. Jesus says, me and my Father will permanently come and abide in you. He's no longer looking for temples built by human hands, but He's looking for a temple built by the hands of God. For you have come, we have come unto Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the registered church in heaven, innumerable number of angels, the spirits of just men made righteous, this new Jerusalem that has come down. But the book of Hebrews says, we have come unto Mount Zion. Meaning that the moment you are here, you are here as the building of God standing together. Wherever you are, there's an open heaven, there's an atmosphere. That is why Jesus said, 
out of your belly. He said, look, in the old covenant, the river came out of the temple in Ezekiel. But in the new covenant, you have the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the river flows out of your spirit. So when I am not delivered, this river cannot flow. It is a blockage in my pipes. Are you guys with me? Let's say with you the callings. So unless I go through the process, I sit in a church and I'm dark. My eyes are dark. My eyes are veiled by religion, by bondage. Do you know how many believers sit in church and there's bondage? You look into their eyes, it's dark. They don't know what deliverance is. They've never heard of deliverance, but they say for 20 years. And you're thinking, this is the basics of Christianity. Jesus preached, teached, cast out devils, healed the sick. All you have to do is read one verse in the Bible without making a doctrine about it. But where the kingdom of God is not present, I'm speaking of its government rule and power. Devils cannot be casted out. So what happens when we planted Durban? We casted out devils the first day. What happens when we planted Cape Town? We casted out devils. What happened when we planted Centurion? We casted out devils. So Apostle Daniel comes here, uh, uh, you know, he thought he was going to cast out a lot of devils in Centurion. He leaves here, he says, not a lot of people manifest. I said, but they are free. I said, you can't expect, you can't expect, uh, you know, we have done deliverance on them. But put me in another church, we'll raise our voice to a frequency. There's a frequency of God. And the devils will begin to scream. When the glory enters, are you guys with me? Pastor Marcel, we had a senior pastor and his wife, almost like a senior pastor, or the associate pastor of a big church. I dare not say the name. Um, maybe claimed to be 15,000. The associate pastor here with his wife, and we were singing, when the glory of God comes down, the next thing I feel something at my, at my feet. I'm like, what's happening? There she goes like a snake. <laughs> Do you remember? You were next to her. So, <laughs> this was the associate pastor of a 15,000 member church. Thank God for revelation, for light. You see, when the prophetic is removed, there's no more prophetic revelation. There's no more momentum. The Bible says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe in His prophets and you shall prosper. Meaning there is a prosperity and an advancement in the kingdom when it comes to apostolic and prophetic graces. They have the ability to move the church forward. Otherwise, the church becomes stagnant. Are you guys with me? So say with me the process of God. So let's go back to the verse. I'm going to be quick with this. Let's go back to the verse. In the beginning was the word, uh, uh, verse 3. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything that was not made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men. And the light that shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Catalambano, it not. Violently, aggressively grabbed it not. Meaning darkness could not grab a hold of light. Where there is light, light catalambano's darkness and dispels it from a person. But where light is absent, mm, you are in trouble. When light is absent in a church, 
that church is in trouble. Revelation brings light. It is by the opening up of the Word that brings forth light, King David says. So verse 6, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came from a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear the witness of that light. And I'm just going fast, don't worry about it. That uh, was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him and the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them, how many of you received Him? To them, He gave power, supernatural jurisdiction, an exousia, a legal exousia to become the sons of God, even to them to believe on His name. Meaning there was one purpose that Jesus came into this world. It was to bring many sons unto glory, to be the firstborn, of many brethren that as he goes he can say there's many coming behind me in my image in my likeness I have restored the image back to the image of God the second purpose of Jesus coming was to destroy the works of the devil the third reason for Jesus coming was souls and I know we want to put souls in the first place souls are not priority with I'm going to say it again. If souls was God's priority, He would not have sent an angel in the Old Covenant to kill 180,000 people. Why did they kill 180,000 people? They broke authority. They broke order. So where there's no order, God will violate and deal with a lot of souls. Yes, there's no more judgment on the church today. We understand that. I'm just using an, an, a concept because there's too many people, souls, souls, souls. Okay, but they don't understand authority and order. Are you guys with me? Pastor Gerard got married yesterday and uh, that is a that is a miracle. That is a miracle in itself. We hope we, we, we hope it went well. Uh, you know. I'm sure I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. And uh, huh? I'm sure it did. Let's hope he didn't pray in tongues or uh, <laughs> worshipped, you know. <laughs> so, order is number one with God, authority. When Aaron and Miriam, Miriam and Aaron, dare to speak against Moses and say, ah, oh, God, can, does God talk only through him? Surely God also talks to us. And the Lord heard it and immediately intervened. Are you guys with me? So tonight is going to, you don't want to miss tonight. I'm not, I haven't even started this sermon. I'm going to go quick, don't worry. But uh, tonight is going to be amazing. I don't want you to miss it. And um, you know, I want Pastor Marcel's gift to flow. I will also prophesy over people because there's individuals that I, that I, that I have in my spirit that I should have prophesied weeks and weeks over, long ago already, already. Let's go to, um, so I have a problem with me. Say with me, Jesus is the bread and is the word. But he says, as many as received him, he made them sons of God. So if Jesus is God and he's the bread, and the Bible says in Genesis 1.24 that every seed gives birth after its own kind. If Jesus calls us the light of the world and the salt of the earth, 
if we are the light of the world, the salt of the earth, it means you are the bread of life. If He is the bread, you become a bread. Now hold on and we'll get into Scriptures. Let's go to John 12, 24. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except, always King James for me. Thanks, guys. Uh, John 12, 24. John 12, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die. Say with me, die. It abides alone. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. So the thing is that for bread, do we have a bread perhaps? For bread to be there, there has to be flour. For flour, and I'm going to use this as a, I'm not, I'm not a good with demonstrations, but... I'm just going to use it for the sake of imagery. For flour to be there, there needs to be wheat, a grain of wheat. For much wheat to be there, you need to have a grain of wheat, a seed, fall to the ground and die. Bear much fruit so that much wheat can come up. And out of that flour comes, bread comes. So so with the process. So the grain of wheat falls and dies and then bears much fruit. So you have the falling process. So through the falling process. Then you have the dying process. If you are a child of God, God will make sure He kills you. He kills your flesh. He will make sure He kills every ego, every self-desire that is inside of you. Why? To perfect you, to become something that can become of substance to people. Meaning if Jesus is the bread of life, His mission is to make you a bread. A bread is not selfish. It doesn't take from anyone. The only thing a bread becomes is it becomes a supply to people that eat of Him and is being sustained by it. So what is He going? He's putting you into a process to become bread. Many Christians jump ship when it comes to this process. Are you guys with me? So what happens is, so with the flower, so, 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 you have flour, where's, where's flour? Let me stand here, I'll stand here. I'll try to, um, I don't have much notes, we were too busy. Um, throw for me, wait, don't worry, I'll do it, don't worry. So you have, so with the flour, this is a gentle, seeker sensitive message. Okay, flour. But I'm making a point. So flour, you have the falling process, the dying process, the bearing much fruit process. And now the flower comes out of the wheat and the flower thinks, thank God. I have fallen, I have died, I've borne much fruit, I have arrived. And God is saying, you're but flower only. There is nothing that you can, that I can still, I cannot use you like this. No one will eat you like this. Nothing will happen. So I have to put you into another process. I have to put you into something called the sifter. So the moment you thought everything is done and over with, now I have to put you through the sifter. So don't sift it yet. But as you are there, you're thrown in with, come with the camera here closer, please, guys. Closer, 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 closer. Wherever the cameras are that people can see on the screen. So come closer. 
so you can see lumps. Are you guys with me? Many times when you're a flower, it's fine, you can hold it like that just for me. Many times when you're a flower, there are lumps that are still put together, meaning your life is lumped, your life is lumped together with certain people that He needs to separate you from. So you have fallen, you have died, meaning you have fallen, you have come into church, you have put you by parking, we have put you by the door, somebody offended you. Usually people will leave the church because they say Pastor Maria offended them or Pastor Chris offended them. But we want to take the nations for Jesus. Amen. We want to take kingdoms. And, but you know, that one just spoke to me harshly like this. Grow up. Jesus went to a cross. Crucified, betrayed by the, His own did not receive Him. And we are complaining by going through a process. And God is saying, all I'm doing, I'm preparing you for my calling that is coming upon you. So now you're in the sift and you think nothing is happening in my life. I've done through the falling process, the dying process. But now the Lord is saying, I'm beginning to put you in a sifter and I'm sifting you. But what you don't understand is that there are, the sifter is made out of, out of thin wire with sharp edges. So now your life begins to be sharpened. This one is saying this. That one is saying that. This one is, it feels like things are going wrong here. Your business is attacked here. You, you, Prophet Leon is not greeting you somewhere. All of a sudden, somebody is being rude to your church. Your family is coming a little bit against you. Or you're being shaken. You're not hearing the voice of God. You're not hearing His presence. No, no, no. He is causing you to be sifted. Jesus said to Peter, He says, Peter, Satan has called to sift you. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He didn't say, I'm removing you out of the sifting process. He said, Satan has sifted you. I thought God is the baker. Are you guys with me? So let's change it to the left hand of God. So change it to the left hand. Your left hand. Okay. So Satan, I'm not saying Satan is God, so get over your uh, orthodoxy. We're speaking of the process where Satan is employed by God. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tested of the devil. So Satan is employed by God as a teacher. Just relax, you guys don't have to run into everything. Eh? But employed by God into, as a teacher. To meaning that Jesus had to go through the wilderness. Because the, the Bible says that as He came out of the wilderness, the power of the Spirit of God rested upon Him. And He came out casting out devils, healing the sick. What was happening? He was being sifted. He was being tested. But the moment you now are sifted, lift, hold it up higher, let's hold it here. Just, just sift it a little bit like this. Hold it, sift it. So you see, say with me, falling. So now God is beginning to sift you. And here you are going. First you're being shaken, everybody's attacking you at, at the church. And as everybody's attacking you at the church, please understand as you're being sifted, this part is not being used to make bread. This part is being made to make bread. So the sifting is there to separate you from the harder pieces of shell that is left behind when the wheat 
and the was when the flour was taken out as wheat. But what is happening? The sifting is saying, I'm breaking your outer man. I'm breaking the people that is attached to you. Family, friends, soul ties, things that are holding you back. You're getting a, you're sitting here as a guy and you're still getting the girlfriend phoning you from the past. You're sitting here as a girl and you're still holding on to an unbeliever that's not saved. But you just fell in love with Jesus. What is he doing? He's saying, I have to take you through the sifter. And unless you go through the sifter, you cannot be separated. But now it feels like, lift it high, now it feels like you're falling. And as you're falling, you're looking up and you're saying, but this is not fair. God, they are being blessed more than me. They are being promoted higher than me. It feels like I'm going lower. It feels like since I joined this thing, church, everything is just going wrong. Even my friends that are not going through the testings, I'm going, they are getting a job promotion. They're getting a BMW X5. They're getting a house. All of a sudden, they're getting married. Nothing, I'm falling and falling. The thing is, they are not being used to make bread. They have a false start. It is called a false start. Meaning if they got a house or a car, if they have not gone through the process, that blessing will be taken away from them. It is a false start. What is happening with you is your character is being shaped. Now you fall, you're being made finer and finer, and you fall and the rest is being thrown away. Are you guys with me? So the shells have been taken off. The outer man has been taken off. The only thing is now you thought it's done now. And you say, I, I, I have been made, I am fine. I have been, uh, I am beautiful, I'm fine. But you are just starting. So now he takes salt. I'm not a baker, but I think salt goes in here somewhere. He takes salt. Because you are the salt of the world. Then he takes sugar because you are the, you're not anything with sugar, but what he does is he mixes you. Listen, listen, he mixes you with unbelievers that's in the church, people that are faking Christianity, false conversions. So you're sitting, you're in love with God. You're reading your Bible, you're praying, and there's somebody that's just, they're singing hallelujah, they're shouting, but they're not genuinely saved. So he's mixing you with the sugar or people that have not been developed yet and you're being mixed up with them and the whole bowl is being mixed together. And then obviously in this somewhere, milk has to go, which means you need the milk of the Word to be part of the process. Not the meats yet. You need the milk of the Word. Are you guys with me? I understand at Encounter we preach meat. That's why if I preach by other places, it can go over the heads. But now as this is happening and it is being stirred, let's just use the knife. Now, uh, what is happening is we are getting what we call dough. Am I right? Well, let's take this. So you have something that is called dough as this process is being put together. And... Uh, as this process is being put together, you are still being mixed. You don't know what's going on. This is two years now, three years. People are leaving the church, abandoning their call, jumping ship from where God wants to shape you to the greatest person that you can ever become. So now he begins to, every good baker will begin to stretch, just begin to stretch that or 
stretch it and then knead it. So he begins to stretch you and he begins to knead you. But kneading has a certain process with the hands. It's fists that, that, that is going into it. So now all of a sudden you're feeling the fists of God coming at you. And it feels like God is fighting you. But he's preparing you into a process that the adereth, the mantle can come upon your life but that you can become something to people. Say with it, becoming the gift. Everyone wants to have a gift. God is saying, I want to put you in a process that you can become the gift. That you don't even need to prophesy over somebody. When you're in their presence, you are a prophecy. When you are in their presence, you are a healing. When you are in their presence, you are deliverance. You have become the gift. 98% of Christians don't want to go through this process. And this is just the start. Are you guys with me? Kruger's door must just stretch it. Just tell them they must just stretch it. Long offering. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so, now it gets to this. But just before you think, and I've been stretched. God stretched my faith. He stretched everything about me. I've done parking. I've done door security. I've done uh, 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 serving in e-groups. I've done everything. And now another thing comes in. Which means... What do they call it? A roller, a rolling pin. And now roll him properly. And he begins to flatten you. Meaning he puts you in a situation that makes you lie on your face. Are you guys with me? Prostates before the Spirit of God. Where you're weeping and you're crying and you don't know why this is happening or why you are being rolling and being pinned down. He, the Spirit of God is flattening you onto the floor. Meaning heavy circumstances and weights come upon you. It pushes you down. Something pushes you down. And you begin to say, you know what? This church is not giving me freedom. Uh, this church is just a bondage to me. Come on now. You, many of you left, you came back. You left, you realized there's no presence or revival out there. You come back, uh, you know. Uh, so, 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 come back, there's no revival out there. There's no prophetic revelation out there. I'm not saying there are no churches. There are great churches, but uh, it is, uh, if God places you by grace, he, wants, he expects you to stay by that grace. That is the will of God. Now, no, this church is just becoming now a burden to me. So what? You've been praying for how many years? God, use me, use me. The moment He wants to use you, you complain. People wonder, you know, I come from the streets. come from nowhere. But I gave everything that I had, even everything we had away from cars to furniture to all our money. We'd get money in and we'll give it away. That was our life. Was it foolish? Maybe to some. But you know what? The wisdom of God is foolishness to the world. So there are seasons where you give and you give so much. We have done it. People can say, but what, but what if I haven't done it and I've, I'm not where I am right now? Because there is still a thing called the blessing of God. Where you sow, you will reap. Everything about God works with sowing. Never think, you know, to part with money is everything anti-God. Sorry, not to part with money. A lot of people, this hand can hold a Mandela. 
like there is. Hold on to that thing. And God is saying where your heart is, that is where your treasure is. And the moment I let go and I become a generous person, God blesses generosity because generosity reminds him of the generosity that he had with his son. So now he rolls you, but this is not all. Now you think you've been rolled and it's done. And then he brings something in. Is this yeast? What is this? Let's pretend it's yeast. It is probably yeast. Okay. Now he takes the yeast of the Pharisees and he begins to throw it. Now yeast can speak of the law, but it also has another meaning, which is persecution. It's called the persecution of the Pharisees. So what is happening now? God is saying, you will stay flat and small and thin. I have to add enemies to you. I have to add persecution. Some YouTuber sucker out there has to make videos about you. Some TV show has to say you are a cult. Because what am I doing? I'm adding yeast. Because without yeast, you cannot rise. So he's saying, I'm causing this one to begin to attack you. I'm causing your family to reject you here. But what am I doing? I'm planning your promotion. I'm planning the rising and your lifting. That what you see right now as persecution, it is my spirit that is lifting you. Because meaning every enemy that is coming against you, every attacker, every accuser, every situation, it is there to make you rise above it. They are used by God. In fact, the Bible says they are employed by Him. In the message version, I'm not going to get it, it says the employees of God, which is the accusers and the attackers. So now this thing is being rolled with yeast. Yeast is added in you and it begins to create a bread. And you think, okay, the persecution has come. Everybody's hating me and I'm putting it to the oven and it's done. Oh no, I'm not yet put into the oven. I'm just putting into the baking tray. And I'm being shaped into the baking tray. I'm being shaped again, but now I'm dead already. People are attacking me. My ministry is going nowhere. My dreams are going nowhere. And the baker just started. And what he does is he puts you into this oven here. I'm not sure if that can fit in there. If it can, you guys did an excellent job with him. Nah. Can. So... Now, you're put into a place of isolation. All of a sudden, God separates you again. And you're in a cold, dark place. And He's saying, I've stretched you, I've beaten you, I've rolled you, I've added persecution. But now, I need to make whatever I've put in you rise. And this is where many fail. So He says, I begin to Turn up the temperature seven times hotter. And I turn it up and up and up. And now heat comes against you. And a good baker doesn't stand and watch. He leaves. He leaves the room while you are under fire. And while you are under fire, he only comes back once maybe to just check it. And what he does is he opens it. And he says, no, not yet. And you think there's hope. <laughs> and he closes it again. And he walks away again. And uh, 
Then he comes back another time, but he begins to smell. So when the smell is, is, you know, the Bible says that your sweet smelling aroma coming up before the throne of God. And as the smell comes up before his throne, now the baker begins to smell. But wait, that person, do you know how many Christians stink with their attitudes? They stink with it because they got so much demons, they got so much attitudes, they got so much flesh, they think they're God's gift to mankind. But when you have been beaten and you are humble and you are a giver, you are generous, everything of you out, you allow yourself to be put into the fire, a smell begins to go out from your spirits. And the Bible says you become a sweet smell even to those in the world out there. That now when people are close to you, they can smell the aroma of God. They can smell the presence of God. They can smell, and if Baker begins to smell and says, I can smell that bread is ready right now. And as he takes out this bread, he takes out this bread and it comes out like this. It's raised up, it is big, it is formed, but it is not done yet. You think it is done and you think this is it, but he's saying, listen, in order now for everyone that has come against you, I have to do vindication. I have made you the bread of life because every seed gives birth after its own kind. So if Jesus is the light, we are the sons of light. If Jesus is the bread, we are the sons of bread. Bread comes from a place called Bethlehem. Uh, Jesus was Bethlehem, the place of bread, the house of bread. That's why it's called the bread of life. Beth Al Beth uh, Bethlehem, the place of the bread. And it comes out of there. It is also the place that is of scrutiny. It is a place where no one knows you're being shaped. So when God prepares you in Bethlehem, or let me say when He prepares you in Encounter or Centurion, a place that people might not know, there's a preparation of the calling of God that is coming. Now he takes a knife and he begins to cut you. And as he cuts you, he begins to cut more people away from you, but he's shaping you perfectly to become a piece that can now be eaten and it can now be tasted by people. So he takes this piece of bread and he has made you bread. And now everybody that has hated you, that has come against you, that has wanted, that, that used to use you. Now they're coming back and they want you because you have become the gifts. A bread does not take. A bread only supplies. So now you're like when David says, I am like a tree planted in the house of God, an olive tree that is the producer of the anointing. I am not only a fruit, I am the one that produces, planted like an olive tree. He wants to plant you in the house of God or make you a bread that you can continually supply and supply and supply. Come on, stand to your feet wherever you are. Are you guys with me? Say with me, make me the bread of life. Take me through the process. Say, Holy Spirit, mold me, make me, shape me to become like you into the image of Christ. Make me stay the process in Jesus' mighty name. Now, as you stand like this, there's one last piece. As He cuts you, before He cuts you, say with you, bread. So we become bread, but now He takes butter.
Now it takes butter and it begins to butter the bread. What is butter? It's oils. It is the Holy Ghost. In fact, there's nothing better than for a whole piece of bread to be dipped in, in boiled butter or cooked butter that is melted and it dips into that and then put into fire again. So you have the bread mixed with the Holy Ghost. The church have produced believers without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Job says, you have bathed my feet in butter and you have, you, wherever I go, it's like butter, the butter of the Word and the butter of the anointing. And Job is speaking the days that I used to be anointed. When I would speak, my enemies would listen. Job 29. When I would open my mouth, I would have the lost words. It would be like rain falling upon people when I would begin to speak. It is the anointing. Many try to do ministry without the tangible presence or the unction of the Holy Ghost upon them. This process will take you to a place where the witness of heaven will come upon you and He puts butter upon you. What is butter? It is the unction. It is the Holy Ghost. Not within. It is the Holy Ghost upon you so that you can become tasty to anybody that eats you and you can become effective to anybody that eats you. Come on, let's give a praise offering, church.